I've always been a passionate advocate for touring, telling every artist I've worked with that getting on the road is the most important thing that they can do for their career. But touring has always been hard for young artists, since it's often a money loser the first time you go on the road. Recently, several companies have sprung up to help artists with both the mechanics and the economics of touring, which is a welcome addition to the industry landscape. Welcome to the future of what? I'm your host, Portia Sabin, president of the Music Business Association. On today's episode, we talk to some new companies who are helping artists to get on the road. It's all coming up on the future of what? You're listening to The Future of What. I'm talking to Fabrice Sargent of Bands in Town. Fabrice, welcome to The Future of What. Good morning, Portia. Thank you for having us. Oh, happy to have you. So I think Bands in Town is really great. And one of the reasons that I think Bands in Town is great is that I have been a musician. Well, I started playing music and playing live gigs in like 1995. So I'm quite old. (laughs) But... (laughs) In those days, the way that you would find out what artists were coming to town was to open up the paper, you know, look in the back and look in the ads. The clubs would all put ads in the paper, and that would help us figure out who to go see. When the internet sort of rose to ascendancy, there was this massive void. And forever, it just seemed like there should always have been one central place where you could go, no matter what city you're in, and find the artists that are coming to your town. And honestly, I haven't seen anything that's done that in a successful way until Bands in Town. So yay for that. You made my day today. (laughs) (laughs) No, really, it's a wonderful service. So just in terms of, you know, that's one thing that you guys do, but you do a lot of other things. But one of the things you do is you do make it possible for people to figure out which artists are coming to play near them. Yes, and and that was the starting point where, where we indeed wanted to fulfill the promise that you will never miss a show again. You know, this feeling that you you come to work and you hear that something happened last night that you really would have wanted to attend and you missed it. So that's one just uh, service that we render. But we also, step-by-step, built a recommendation engine that now recommends shows to fans that may not know or are not tracking a specific artist. So we not only try to alert the fans on their favorite artists and their favorite venues, but also we try to make them discover new acts and go to shows. And and did you know that 50% of the fans using Benzintown admit that they went to a show of an artist they had never heard before a Benzintown recommendation? Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and 60% of our recommendation goes to artists that have less than 200,000 followers on Benzintown. So... Mechanically, every single day, we we are advocating, if you want, the discovery of new acts. Yes. We are supporting, you know, cultural diversity and the emerging artists. That is fantastic. Now, you guys have been doing this for how many years? We launched the mobile application at the end of 2011, early 2012. And that's really what uh, triggered fans' interest because we always felt that this should be a mobile-first type of application. You need to have it in your pocket. A bit like when you used to have timeout or whatever. Yes, you exactly. Print. <laughs> so it has to be always on because artists announce 
show every day and there's nothing more exciting to receive a push notification or an email saying, hey, your favorite artist comes to town. And so we just passed 55 million registered users. Wow. And, and this whole grew organically over the last few years. That is incredible. Now, since you've been doing this now for nine years, you guys have really accumulated a lot of data about the touring world, about fans and the people that they want to see, the bands that they want to see. So I know that you guys are interested in getting that data to the bands. Yes. And the other side of bands in town that people don't necessarily know, but artists usually know and their teams know, we are providing a full dashboard, which we call Bands in Town for Artists. And we've been doing this since the beginning. That dashboard enables artists to communicate directly with their fans, so to publish tour dates as we just discussed it, but also to directly message their fans. We don't filter this message and it goes right to the inbox of the fans or as a push notification, it goes to the mobile phone. And so artists can use the platform to uh, interact with their fan base on Bands in Town. But also we offer and we improve recently another section of that platform, which we call Insights providing heat map to artists so that they can see where the fans are in the U.S. and globally. You can change the radius and, and go very, very local. Where the fans are, where uh, the fans RSVP'd, so showed intent to go to a show, and obviously where uh, fans bought tickets and, and clicked on buy tickets. You can also discover where fans requested artists to play because now we added on all our website apps and widgets, the ability for the artist to ask fans to request a city. And so we also share this data with the artist. And so you, on a heat map, you may see actually loopholes and, and, and places where there are requests to play, but there are no dates, right? You might see places where the fans are located between two dates, you know, the, the agents and, and the, the artist may find a way to add another stop to serve a specific uh, community or to visit a specific community. So yeah, so there's a lot of data. We just sent to the artists, to all artists, a year in review for 2019. They check it, they can access it from their Benz in Town for Artists dashboard. If they check it, they'll see uh, fun facts about, so, such as, for example, how many miles did they do last year in touring? So things like that, which we always just provided for free. So we contribute value to the artists. We help them improve their touring strategy. We help them with their direct-to-fan strategy. We extract value from other parts of the ecosystem. Wow. That's so amazing. I mean, that's really, you guys really came up with quite a hit formula because, you know, artists need this information now even more than ever, because if touring has has risen to be one of the largest income-generating activities for an artist, then they don't want to waste their energy going to towns where they don't have people coming out to see them. Yes, we definitely help artists being discovered. We help them sell more tickets. We help them identify and improve their touring strategy. Artists need also to know that venues are checking Benzintown data before booking artists. In other words, doing well on Benzintown is key also because venues check how artists are doing in case a show needs support. They, they need to know if there are enough Benzintown fans actually to promote the show. So for all these reasons, yes, we, we do help artists in their live music 
life. I think it's also like live music is not only a revenue generator. It's also and still remains the best way to create a real bond and a real and to create engagement with fans. You know, at a time when there's a fight to be featured on playlists and when music streaming is booming, artists usually wonder how to get featured and how to get more streams and, you know, what are the strategy, you know, around the music streaming ecosystem to build real fandom. And my answer to that is usually that, you know, the best strategy is to go on tour. The best strategy is to create these moments of uh, fandom that are irreplaceable in this emotion that artists can share with their fans which will eventually translate into more streams and into real loyalty from the fans and therefore into revenues. Absolutely. Revenues may come from streaming, revenues may certainly come from merch and from from live touring. So overall, yes, live is at the core of the artist's life today, whether it's directly related to ticket sale or if it relates to music streaming performance. Absolutely. Well, on that note, Fabrice Sargent of bandsintown.com, thank you so much for being with me today on The Future of What? It was a pleasure. Thank you. This is the story of your red right angle And how it came to meet your leg how the muscle bone and sinews tangled And how the skin was softly shed And how it whispered, oh, it here to me For we are bound by symmetry Whatever differences our lives have been We together make a limb is the story of your red right ankle This is the story of your gypsy uncle You never knew cause he was dead And how his face was carved and ripped with wrinkles in the picture in your head And remember how you found the key To his high out in the Pyrenees But you wanted to keep his secret safe So you threw the key away is the story of your gypsy story of the boys who loved you who love you now and loved you then 
Some were sweet and some were cold and snuffed you And some just laid around in bed Some had crumbled you straight to your knees Did it cruel, did it tenderly some had crawled their way into your heart To rend your ventricles apart This is the story of the boys who loved you This is the story of your red right That was Red Right Ankle by the Decemberists. If you're enjoying this program, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our newsletter to find out what's coming up next. You're listening to The Future of What. I'm talking to Steve Marks of Road Nation. Steve, welcome to The Future of What. Thanks for having me, Portia. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to talk to you. So why don't we start out by having you just explain the high-level overview of what does Road Nation do? Sure. So we are a platform for artists and really creators of all kinds to create tours with their fans. And what we're trying to address is a problem that we see in the market where a lot of artists, especially independent artists, have trouble figuring out where their fans are, financing a tour, just putting a tour together, which is a daunting task for many because of the uncertainties that exist, especially the financial uncertainties. And the touring system has really been the same for the last half century or more. And so we're trying to bring something new to it, a tool that can be used for artists to get on the road at a time now where touring is really more important than ever for artists. Biggest revenue stream, no matter whether you're looking at the top artists or working class artists. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, this is a problem that we've had in the industry for a long time. But what inspired you in particular? Because your background is not specifically in touring. This came about as a result of a conversation I had with my son's piano teacher a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not. She was in an indie band in the DC area. And I was chatting with her after a lesson one day, and she was describing for me something that she did with her band, where she asked all of her fans kind of for information and to put up some money for them to go out on tour. And it was all done kind of by email and, you know, in a family and friends kind of way. And they had a really successful 30-city tour where they actually made some money. And this was as, as indie a band as it gets. They had no manager, no publicist. They weren't signed or anything like that. But they were able to leverage the fan base that they knew they had to put something together, not only to earn some additional money, but obviously the most important thing about touring is you're getting out on the road and you're performing and you're engaging with your fans. And so after this conversation, I began to think about this a little bit. And, you know, while I hadn't concentrated on, on live for most of my career in the industry, I knew enough about it to understand the pain points. And I started to think about what if there was really a platform, a tool that really made this easier for artists, not in a way where artists were asking for a handout or a donation, like a lot of traditional crowdfunding sites. So I didn't want to have this be a tip jar. That's something that 
a lot of artists aren't comfortable doing and certainly aren't comfortable doing more than once a lot of times. So the idea was to have something that was a direct-to-fan engagement where the fans were buying things that were being made available by the artist, unique experiences and merch. And it went toward getting that artist that they were buying from to a city. And the idea here was that you just think about the way tours are planned today and really for the past, you know, 50 or more years, you know, they're usually planned on information that's not quite current or not very reliable. So they may be looking at where did I tour two years ago, you know, and how many people showed up in a particular location or where are my streaming listens? Those are all, you know, good data, but it doesn't really tell you what the real-time market demand is for you to go on tour at that time. I mean, if you just think of like a tour as a product, usually you understand the market at that particular time for your product before you bring it to market. And so looking back at what was it like two years ago when I was on the road or where are people located who are listening to my streams, you know, which doesn't really tell you whether they're going to go to a show are kind of, you know, triangulating interesting data, but it doesn't really help you understand exactly where the fans are at that particular time that they want. So what we have here is a tool for the planning process and the artist gets three things out of it. First, they're identifying where people actually want to see them. Second, they're generating revenue from the planning process, which if you think about that today is something that's not monetized at all. All the revenue from a tour comes in later once you put tickets on sale and you hit the road and sell merch, maybe it shows and things like this. So all of the revenue we're talking about is in advance of that. And third, you're engaging fans well before you announce the tour and you're doing it through offering them things that they really crave from their favorite artists, the kinds of experiences and merch that they just can't get normally. And what happens because of that engagement is that you already have momentum for the tour before you announce the dates and everything about it because all of these fans have been involved in helping you plan it. So what seems really interesting to me that I think is unique, let me you know, just clarify this and let me know if I'm wrong. So an artist can go ahead and book their tour and then they can post their tour cities on Road Nation with these special offers and then they can have people sort of sign up for all these different things in the different cities. Is that correct? So it works a little bit different than that. So the way it works is that the artist would do three things to start what we call a campaign. First, they're not selecting the individual cities. They're selecting an area, could be the whole country, could be a part of the country, two different parts. We have a customizable map and you kind of select state by state to put essentially a region or an area together. And that's the artist saying, here's where I want to go on tour. Then second, they're offering up, as you were saying, these packages of experiences and unique merch and we encourage the artists to do things, you know, to be creative. I mean, these, you know, artists are creative people. And this is an opportunity to provide fans things that they don't normally have access to. So, you know, it could be a meet and greet at the show or a sound check pizza party or 
a Skype instrument lesson or a signed set list, you know, from the road. It could really be anything. And it's been quite interesting, actually, to watch some of those things. So they're selecting this region, they're making those packages available, and then they set some parameters. You know, what are the minimum number of cities they want, the maximum number of cities that they want? But most importantly, they set what we call a city goal, and the city goal is a dollar amount. And that's the artist's way of saying, if this dollar amount is reached through the purchase of these packages in any city in the area that I've designated, then I'm guaranteeing a show there. And at that point, the artist is pushing it out to their fans. And I can explain how we work with the artist on that. And the fans are coming in and through making those purchases, they're tying their purchase to a city. And when the city reaches the level that the artist is set through those purchases, it's on the tour. So unlike a lot of other information that artists use to try and figure out where to go and then they decide... Here, what they're doing is they're setting something up. It's a little bit of a social compact here. The artist is saying, hey, I'm offering this. If you come in and buy it, you you get to select the cities through those purchases. So at that point, at the end of this campaign, the artist has you know a number of cities that they're going to be doing shows in. They've got the revenue that they've generated from this campaign, and they've got those fans already energized you know, for the tour, and they then go and book the shows like they normally would book them. So again, what we're doing is is in the planning process, so to speak, and then the booking and the announcement and the ticket sales and everything else comes later. Got it. So this is, yeah, this is interesting to me because, you know, of course, thinking about this from a label perspective and a band perspective and a management perspective, all of my former hats, booking a tour is such a big deal for artists, you know, and it depends on your booking agent. It depends if you have a booking agent. But, you know, sometimes people have to book tours like six months in advance. So what is the time frame for a band that's going to use Road Nation? Like, is there a guarantee for the fans that there's going to be a, a date in their city, like within a certain time frame or not? Yeah. So what the artist does when they're running the campaign is, you know, through their video that they put together and just description of the tour, what they want to do, they will tell the fans, I am planning to tour in these months, you know, or the summer or, you know, whatever, September, October. So they're giving the fans a time frame, but they can't give the dates yet until they know the cities and book the shows. And so what happens is the fan understands, okay, the tour would be sometime in this time frame. They're buying, you know, these experiences and, and, and merchant things. And then once the shows or the cities are confirmed and the shows are booked, the artist lets the fans know, okay, here's the date that I'm doing the show in your city. Here's what, you know, how you get a ticket to it, et cetera. We actually help them push that information out once the tour is set up. But you're right. I mean, this is a daunting task for, you know, everybody involved. And I always emphasize that our tool is meant as something to make everybody's life easier, not to disintermediate in the traditional sense of, oh, who needs this person or this tool anymore? The idea here is that if you're an agent booking the shows for the artist, you now have all this information on, okay, I know I'm going to book in this city because I know that there are fans there. And more important than that because you know that there are fans that are coming, you have the opportunity to negotiate a better deal with 
the venue to earn the artist more money. So, for example, you know, where one artist might just take a lower guarantee because they just want to make sure they can cover their costs and, you know, they're not going to lose money. Now they might say to the venue, you know what, I'll take the door because they're not so worried about whether people are going to show up and whether they're going to make money from that because they've already identified the demand in that location there. So while we don't participate in any of that revenue down the road, what we're doing in the planning process through the Road Nation campaign is actually helping the artist to earn more money later on on the tour as well. Absolutely. I, I see that that is totally clear. And I've also been looking at the website while we've been talking, and I see that several artists on there have like fully funded the dates that they have put up. So it's clearly working. Do you have any feedback from any of the artists about using this? The response with the artists that we've worked with so far has been overwhelmingly positive. I get thanked a lot for, <laughs> you know, wow, this was great. We wouldn't have been able to do this tour. And look, I've spent a lot of time in the industry and doing things that helped artists or that we, you know, would say helped artists, but there's nothing that substitutes for an artist telling you, I could not have done this tour without this platform. We would not have played any shows in all of these cities had we not had this. So the feedback has been really positive. We have artists that want to after running a, a campaign with us, be involved with the company in other ways. Managers, most have said they want to run another campaign with us. And we've had success across the board with the artists that we've worked with so far. So we're operating at basically 100% success rate so far with the artists that we've worked with. And the history of the company is, you know, we ran a test with some artists and then did some additional development. And we're now kind of up and running full time and, you know, speaking with artists of all kinds and talking to companies about partnerships and things like that. Fabulous. That is very exciting. And I know you've got some announcements that you can't talk about yet coming up, but that's exciting too. Yeah, absolutely. We do have some exciting stuff coming up. You know, I should note also that, you know, just in terms of what the additional things the artist gets out of this, how the finances work and things like that. So first of all, there's no upfront cost to running a campaign. The money that comes in from it the artist gets 85% of that. We take 15. We cover payment processing out of our portion. And we give three quarters of the artist's money to the artist immediately after the campaign. So they have that money as working capital to help rent vans and everything else that they might need to do to finance the tour rather than putting things on credit cards or borrowing money or things like that. So the money is not something that they get way later at the end of the tour, they're getting it as working capital, most of it up front. We also give all the data from the campaign to the artist. So all of the information about the fans who've bought things, where they are, what they purchased, et cetera, anything that we get from their campaign, we give to the artist because, again, we want the artists to succeed down the road. This is a way for them to advance their careers. And if they can use those newfound fans to market other things going forward, that's great. We don't need to be participating in it, but we want the artist to have that. So that's kind of how the, you know, the financial part of it works. The other thing I would note is that, you know, in terms of how the campaign gets going, we, we assign a campaign manager to work with every artist. So while we have, you know, we're basically a technology company that has a tool 
we're not just saying, hey, here's a great tool, have at it, and good luck. We're working with the artist both upfront to help them put together like a little plan for how they're going to push this out to their fans. And that campaign manager works with the artist and is available for the artist throughout the campaign to give suggestions or answer questions or things like that. So again, we, we want these to be successful and we have somebody that works with the artist to help ensure that that, that happens. Well, I think what's great about this is, you know, what I'm seeing lately in the music industry that's great is that people like you who want to bring tech into the industry have started to do it in smart ways that are solving problems and finding niches where problems can be solved in a way that I don't think was happening before. You know, I feel like for a while there, the tech industry just wanted to lay itself on top of the music industry and just be like, we're here to solve your problems and we're just going to smother you and we don't care what you want. We're just going to, you know, here's blockchain, for example, it's going to solve everything. It's like just ignoring what our actual problems are. But this is really nice because this is the kind of thing that's, you know, it's like, I wouldn't have necessarily thought of how to do this, but this isn't a disruption of the standard touring model. It's an enhancement. And it's something that makes it more possible for more artists to actually go on tour, which is an integral part of their business. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly how we look at it. The decisions we make day-to-day operating the business are artist first. Fans are important too, but everything we do really drives off of what we think the artist needs and the feedback that we're getting from the artists in terms of developing the product. And, you know, that is really the goal. As I said earlier, it's not to disrupt in the traditional tech sense. It's meant to enhance the opportunities. And, you know, there really are very few tools in live, even though live is the most important revenue stream now for artists. Streaming obviously is driving overall industry revenue, but we all know that the payouts for streaming are heavily tilted toward the top earners. You know, the top 2% of recordings earn more than 90% of the streaming revenue. And even in live, the trend has been that the percentage of the overall pie, more and more of it is going to the top artists. So you've got independent artists who are not getting as much from the streaming and in the current touring system are getting squeezed out by bigger artists. And so we're trying to have this tool be something that that helps them find their way through that. And on that note, Steve Marks is the founder and CEO of Road Nation. Steve, thanks so much for being with me today on The Future of What. Thank you again for having me.
That was Dematrosin by Kleenex Lilliput. You're listening to The Future of What? After the show, take a moment to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. It helps people find the show, and we love hearing from you. Also, check out our short podcast series about Bratmobile's potty mouth. It's called Girl Germs, and you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Future of What? I'm talking to Matt Walters of Parlor Gigs. Matt, welcome to The Future of What? Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you. So let's get started. Why don't you just go ahead and give us an overview of what Parlor Gigs does? Because I think it's something everyone should know about. Thank you. Well, it's pretty simple, really. We just make it really easy for artists, bands to book house shows with their fans. So we've been running for about five years. We started out down here in Melbourne, Australia, and have slowly built out our technology. And over the last 12 months, gigs have started to happen all around the world. So the technology itself maps out an artist's demand, so it finds their biggest fan wherever they are in the world. And just by clicking a button in the Parlor app, you can put shows on sale. We do all sorts of cool stuff, like we pay deposits in advance to artists so they, they can cash flow their travel. We take care of the production side of things for artists where it's needed. And we just love working with, with artists. All of our founders are, are artists ourselves. We spend our 20s touring, so we understand that it can be really challenging for lots of different reasons, but particularly from a sustainability point of view. So our, our mission is to, is to make it easier to build a career and a long-term sustainable career at that. Was this something you said you guys played in bands yourselves? Did you guys get overseas? Did you play outside of Australia? Yeah, I did. The other two didn't. So I was signed to a major label, signed to Universal Music, also signed a publishing deal with Peer Music. So I spent time in the US in my 20s songwriting, playing shows, touring, and, and actually discovered house shows by accident when I was in Austin, Texas back in 2011. And it was really you know, a pretty funny story. I mean, I, I was staying at a, at a friend's house and I needed some cash to get to Nashville because I had an opportunity to write with someone down there that I really wanted to write with. And he suggested putting on a house show. So he put the word out on social media, letting his friends know that he likes my music and that it was 10 bucks to come and see me at his house. And so about 50 people turned up. You know, not only did I make $500, just more than I was used to making <laughs> at that time for a show, but I had this really meaningful gig when I played, you know, people listened, but I also got to mingle and meet people. And I felt like I was really building my community and, and connecting with, with new fans. So it felt like, wow, this is a really cool thing. And I continued to do those kinds of shows and realized as I progressed that there was an opportunity for a platform to take out a lot of the work that's associated <laughs> with putting these together. So yeah, that's pretty much my story personally anyway. Yeah. I mean, I also played in bands when I was in my 20s and had you know the great experience of trying to book a tour prior to the days of the internet which was really fun because that involved calling a lot of people, yeah. promoters in various <laughs> cities that you'd never been oh, to. I remember too. Which is, yeah. Oh, it was really crazy. My favorite story about booking tours was actually not one that my own band experienced, but it was a, a band that I worked with that I managed. They rolled up to a gig in Houston, Texas, and the venue had exploded. <laughs> so... <laughs> There was no gig. Wow. You know, those are the days before social media, so they would have known immediately before. They didn't get the memo. Uh, wow. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think booking itself can be painful, whether it's venues or, or whatever. 
it's lots of back and forth. You know, although we predominantly book house shows, record store gigs, and other community events for artists, we really wanted to just make it one button to schedule the show, and that works really well. And it seems simple on the surface, but it's been years of learning to get it to that point. And so, yeah, we for artists, we we really believe the future is where you can quickly fill in dates or book tours in moments, not in days or weeks. <laughs> Absolutely. So one thing about parlor gigs that I really like is that you let artists set their guarantee. And I think that that's such a critical part of this because, you know, I mean, as we know, and as everyone listening knows who's ever been in a band or worked with bands, there's a definite financial cost to being on the road. And sometimes you absolutely need to make a certain amount I, I can't even tell you how many, you know, you know how it is. It's just a, a zillion tours that I've been either in or helped with where you do all this work and you come out of it at the end of the day with $40, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or not even, you know, maybe gas money and it's very difficult. That's right. So yeah, I love that idea. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward for us. I mean, one of our first learnings when we first started this company was like, we had a couple of artists come through and say, we're well known here in Australia that we're like, I'm going to charge a $60 ticket. I'm going to, you know, because I've, you know, been touring for a long time and I've got these super fans. And we were terrified because at that time we'd never done tickets that expensive before, but they all sold really well. He made, made his guarantee and we realized, okay, there is an opportunity. I think artists have a really good sense of where their price point is. Generally speaking, with parlor shows, the tickets are about 50% more than the venue show, and that seems to be a good rule across the board. And so, yeah, by artists setting their guarantee, they can make that tour more you know, financially sustainable. And the artists that use it really successfully now are using our platform to get into new markets where often there's, it's a loss-leading operation, sometimes for several tours. So you can fill in those gaps in those new markets where otherwise it would be very challenging to to not run it along. And it seems like you guys are different as well from some of the other services that are out there doing something similar because you're not actually involved in the person who is putting on the show. You're not involved with the house show person. Is that correct? So we basically, our technology turns that person into a promoter so they can either sell tickets or pay for it in full. We do have a lot of resources online and provide pretty speedy customer support for anyone hosting a show because there are questions that come up around logistics and stuff but for the most part we're an artist facing company so you can't sign up as a host the only way you can sign up or you know be involved to host a show is applying through an artist page so yeah we built our platform as an artist facing tool for touring but i think that's what i think is interesting about that is is that it seems like a bit more reliable if the person is becoming a promoter because they love that band and because they have to put the money up, up front. Yes, exactly. And I've never understood actually how those other platforms work where someone would be like, I just want to host a show regardless of who it is. To me, you have to be a fan to pull it together. Right. And that's what makes it so special that not only are they selling the tickets and you know pulling the financial side of it together, but I've had the good fortune to attend lots of these shows. And whenever I can, I'll ask the host if I can buy a ticket and come along because I just find it so interesting. But often the host will get up before the show and talk about what the music means to them and how important it's been in their life. And that this is an opportunity for them to share that music in a really special way with their friends. 
And, you know, that to me is so critical because then it creates an environment where the artist is really treasured for that experience and they walk away going, wow, I'm very humbled and blown away by how much meaning my music has created for people in the world. That is really awesome. I love that. So, of course, as soon as I think about bands and touring, I start thinking about vans. Yeah. So, (laughs) do you guys find that artists often ask you questions about how to get a reliable van or transportation? I mean, is that, I would assume that that does come up. Yeah, I mean, all sorts of questions come up. And, you know, for us, we're sometimes dealing, it just depends. Often it's direct with the artist, but sometimes there's a manager or an agent or even a label or promoter involved. It's, it's The tool is built for teams, so it's a collaborative tool so people can jump in and, and use it together. But yeah, we, we get asked about, you know, travel arrangements. I mean, it's, it's interesting, pre- pretty common when artists are in new markets, they will ask, will ask, ask about transportation options, accommodation, all sorts of things. So we're actually building in tools at the moment that will make that whole process easier as well. I'm excited to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I figured that must yeah. be part of this deal. That's right. I mean, that that's the beautiful thing about technology and, and how, how it's changing our industry. Is it's making things easier. And it, sh- it should make things easier so you have more time to enjoy the experience of touring and connecting with your fans and doing the thing that you actually want to do. Yeah, there's sort of the crazy back and forth of emails and stress and ticket sales and all that stuff. We want to take that out artists and you know obviously we we don't do licensed venues or anything like that so it is different but yeah well that's nice for you guys because that's not your problem i mean an artist can have a club schedule that they're on and fill it in with house shows or they can be a house show you know and winery and brewery type artist It, it doesn't that's not the problem people can make their own way in that way and you guys are just providing a service for everyone who needs it which is awesome. That's right. And at its core, we want people to use data to tour. So we're helping artists collect fan applications for these house shows. And as you said, yeah, they can do one-offs. They can fill in off days or even afternoons. We see artists do like they've got the venue show in the evening. They might drive an hour in the afternoon to do the house show, make a bit of extra cash, energize fans an hour away, go back and do the venue show. There's all sorts of different ways you can use it. Absolutely. What have you guys got coming up that you're excited about? You know, we're a product-focused company, so we're, we're just continuing to build out tools. There's all sorts of integrations that we're excited about, so integrating with larger companies, improving our dashboard. We're working on native apps at the moment, so artists can have it all in one place in their phone. I think, you know, every day there seems to be, you know, a new and exciting challenge and opportunity to talk with artists from all over the world and the theme that we continue to see as we grow as a company is artists who especially young artists who have put their music up online are finding that they're being streamed and their music's connecting in all sorts of places around the world and the big question is how do i get to those places how do i start to build community and how do I do that without the risk associated with, with touring or having to find a promoter and all the other painful things that, you know, when you're getting started can be challenging. So we just, there are more and more of those artists every day, it feels like. And so the, the booking industry's ability to supply to that demand is obviously falling short. So yeah, we definitely see a, a long future for our platform and in, in artists using it to build sustainable careers. Fantastic. 
Well, Matt Walters, the founder and CEO of Parlor Gigs, thanks so much for being with me today on The Future of What? It's a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. That was Swing Low by The Gossip. If you're enjoying this program, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our newsletter to find out what's coming up next. You're listening to The Future of What. I'm talking to Mary Ivanova of Show For Me. Mary, welcome to The Future of What. Hi, Portia. Very nice to be here. Good to have you. So can you get us started by telling us the large overview elevator pitch of what Show For Me does, please? Yes, I'd love to. Thank you. Uh, Show For Me is a network for musicians, for music professionals, and for fans. It's kind of a full cycle where music professionals and musicians can lead their business, but also interact with fans so that they can create their profiles called Artist Clubs, where they can upload their music and include their bio and all the information about themselves and photos. And then fans can come there and they can consume all the content that's for free, but they can also buy music. They can buy tickets to their upcoming concerts and musicians and music professionals. They can crowdfund music. They can crowdfund concerts. So they can also include in the tickets the merch or meet and greets or tutoring sessions, different kind of stuff. So basically, they can conduct all their business in the single place of Show For Me. That's the idea of the whole platform. That's pretty unique. There have been several crowdfunding platforms, but really, it sounds like Show For Me is the one where artists can do everything. You know, they can sell all of the pieces that they need to sell. That was the idea because at first, Show For Me actually just turned five years. And at first, the platform started as a platform for crowdfunding music and concerts. And then we realized that actually our musicians or their team, they finished crowdfunding a project, a music album or a concert. All the fans that they gained through this promotion campaign, the fans just went away and they discussed the concert or the music they discussed elsewhere and they just needed a place where they could interact with the musician where they could stay and hang out so that was the need that we wanted to meet i see so you guys are calling these artist clubs is it free for fans to join an artist's club it's free but there's also premium membership and it costs one dollar a year 
But the idea is that you subscribe to a specific artist that you like. So you pay $1 and you can listen to all the music unlimited times. But also you can buy albums and you pay for them full price that the artist sets. So basically you can reward the artist that you like with as much money as uh, you can afford. Basically, but premium membership allows you to listen to all the music for the whole year. And it sounds like not a lot of money for the musician, but actually that's much more than streaming gets you. Wow. Because the, the musician gets much more because the fee on the artist club membership is not very big. So let me ask you, if a fan wants to be a fan of multiple artists on the platform, do they pay $1 for each artist? They can join the artist clubs for free and they can pay for premium memberships as per artist. So if you like a lot of artists, you can join their artist clubs for free or you can choose to join them for $1 premium membership. And then, yes, you pay $1 per each artist. And that's actually how it works. And we believe that's better because you actually know the specific artists that you are supporting and that it's not that much money. Do you guys find that artists have used their fan clubs, their artist clubs, to kind of get into new markets? Like, you know, if they have a whole bunch of fans coming from a different territory, then they can start thinking about, oh, maybe I should do a show in that territory? Not to my knowledge, actually. What I can say is that most really like the concert crowdfunding toolkit because they get actually resell the tickets to the show. So that's very convenient as opposed to how the crowdfunding usually works. Everyone pitches in some amount of money that's not that and sometimes there are some perks but you have to deliver the perks personally if you are doing the traditional crowdfunding but if you're using show for me the tickets are actually part of the campaign so people are pre-buying pre-ordering the concert essentially and they are paying a set price that you calculate in the budget so so like the whole system is very streamlined and it's very convenient for musicians and for fans but about the geographical regions. I'm not really sure. I don't think. You said you guys have been around for five years. How long did it take to develop the technology to work the back end of this? Well, actually, it's still in the process of development. And we've launched one of the versions in April of uh, 2019. And we're actually in the works of updating the platform because the technical side is very complex because of the ambitious goal that we have about how we want to serve all of those different needs that musicians have so that it's a full cycle and not just a single thing like concert crowdfunding and music crowdfunding. Do you have a sense of how many artists are using this platform so far? Yes, 7,000. Oh, that's a good number. So you're currently in beta. When are you guys going to go? Do you think you're going to go live with the rest of your offerings? We don't have a set date yet. We are working really hard to <laughs> make that happen as, uh, as soon as possible, but we don't have a date. And you're headquartered in London, correct? Yes. Are you in any other territories yet, or is it just the UK? We have an office in Kiev, that's Ukraine. Was it partly started out of Ukraine? Yes. Yeah, yes. that's great. Our CEO, Karen Chiftoveran, if you uh, read about him, he's Ukrainian. Is there anything that you're particularly excited to see coming up for you guys in the near future? 
We've just launched the talent program uh, at the end of uh, last year and uh, the February leg of the talent program for musicians and bands is currently in the running and we're accepting invitations for that. It's basically we're supporting artists that are interested in crowdfunding a live show with Show For Me. So that's a very exciting program. We're really excited to see what the results will be and how many artists and musicians will be able to benefit from the program and how it will help the global scene and help more musicians put on more concerts that will be visible and reach all those fans with the shows that they might have not been able to put together without the crowdfunding tool set and all the skills that they will be able to discover for themselves within the program. Is this a competition? Well, there is an application process. The musical acts, they have to meet certain internal criteria and they have to fill out the form and our team selects the participants who will be joining the program. It's not exactly a competition. Uh I see. We're just choosing the ones that are most qualified to participate in the program and be able to actually complete the program and crowdfund and then subsequently hold this concert for the fans. Great. We just have a limited amount of resources that they, because we are providing the support and management and marketing kind of services within the program to those whom we select to participate in the program because the resources are limited. We are selecting the participants who we believe will benefit the most from the program and will be able to put on concerts that they will both add to their portfolio and be able to connect with their fans better and, you know, like have, have a fun time. Do you know when you're going to select or announce the selections? Yeah, right now is the selection because we've announced the program at the beginning of February, leg of the program at the beginning of this month, and people are applying, and we're looking at applications, and within, I believe, 72 hours, we're giving the initial responses to everyone who would like. So it's the ongoing basis. Great. Well, Maria Ivanova from Show For Me, thank you so much for being with me today on The Future of What? Thank you, Borsha. And that's our show. The music we played today was used by permission. You heard The Decemberists, Kleenex Lilliput, The Gossip, and of course, our theme song, Mind Your Own Business by The Delta Five. Subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. For more info on our shows, check out our website at thefutureofwhatshow.com and sign up for our newsletter. Our program was engineered by Clark Buckner at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center and is produced by Will Watts. I'm Portia Sabin, president of the Music Business Association. See you next week.